0: What we seek in life rises with us from the crucible of childhood. Early experiences etch themselves like fingerprints, sometimes not so delicately, on our soul. Throughout our life, for good or for ill, they call to other people and conditions. It is not without effort that we interrupt their effect. At 13, I already know this. Perhaps it is my mother who taught me a vivacious, intelligent woman with negligible awareness of her own fingerprints and a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do approach to parenting. She tells me that her first husband was charismatic, like her Irish father, but her second husband, my father, was a man she knew would never hurt her, gentle like her mother. What she doesn't understand or doesn't want to see is how her etchings, in turn, etch me and my sister. I see what she doesn't. My mother knows that we are safe from the alcoholic rages she endured as a child, shaking under her bed until her father had spent himself. Their shadowy echoes in her quiet but steady drinking are easy to miss. Only her artful substitution of yellow coffee mug for whiskey shot glass suggests the nature of her dependence. The acrid stench gives her away and so too does her cut-glass decanter of Ernest and Julio Gallo shimmering in the cold white light of the garage refrigerator next to the open can of dog food. Don't upset Daddy, ruled my mother's childhood home. They lived in fear of his drinking. Our version is, don't upset Mommy. We live in fear of a nervous breakdown. My mother has had two, the last one shattering enough for three inpatient weeks of electroshock therapy. She came home, but she never came back. Lighten up, she chafes, wanting me to be the happy, silly girl that distracts her from herself. Instead, I am the intense, unsmiling sort who reflects her sadness, the pain she has been unwilling to face, and that triggers her brusqueness toward me. I see this, too. Part inherent gift and part survival instinct, I understand her better than she understands me. My mother dislikes not me, but the part of herself she sees in me. A truth that would set me free, but for the imprint of her early rejection. The knot of fear squeezed down deep inside me that she is right. I am unlikable. My own most enduring fingerprint is thereby etched in polarized grooves of supreme self-confidence and inescapable self-doubt. One will carry me through everything about to happen, While the other will eat at my core, whispering that smiling faces tell lies, that I am alone. Steady in the background is my father, tall, dark, and handsome, a virtual teetotaler, whose pattern complements my mother's like perfectly hewn puzzle pieces. His deaf mother, taciturn father, and much older sister, gone from the house by the time he was three, etched the fingerprints that match my mother's lack of intimacy. He rarely speaks. I have never heard him use her first name, and I never see them touch. Together, they create a home that is admirably disciplined and thoroughly middle class. Weekly church attendance, piano lessons, exchange students from Europe, and expectations of college. It is devoid of warmth, conversation, and physical affection. A polite, cultured, two-and-a-half-dimensional world it is no surprise that I turn elsewhere. Behavior is as much opportunity as motive, and both for me until now have been weak. Like all children, I think my family standard issue, completely normative parents who laugh together once a year, over half a dozen years, in half a dozen pine tree scented campgrounds, over half a dozen family vacations. Notorious optimists Children find the pony in any pile of metaphorical manure. They cling past all reasonable hope that parental attention is coming. Both the realization that it isn't and the arrival of new options tend to show up as a set.